Acts, Acts chapter number 27 this afternoon, Acts chapter number 27, we're going to be seeing a message entitled, How to Face a Storm. In Acts 27, you have Paul facing a real life storm, a real life storm. It goes from verse 1 all the way to verse number 44, and uh, I'm going to, for the sake of time, not read every verse, and so we'll be uh, keeping some of these verses in mind here today. But Acts chapter number 27 is where we're going to be at today, and um, how to face a storm. A real physical storm is presented to us in Acts chapter number 27, and it not only disrupted the life of Paul, but also the life of 275 other individuals. And uh, sometimes storms can do that. It not only will hurt you, but it will hurt lots of people around you. And uh, it happens to us many times. But God in His grace saved all of those people. But through it all, what's amazing to me is this, is that Paul had perfect peace. He was at peace the whole time through the storm. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was on a cruise ship and I was heading directly for a hurricane, I'd probably be going, ah, like that. I'd have to get your attention real quick. This, I know some of y'all were trying to fall asleep on me. Oh, I would be, I'd be scared. I'd be looking for a life jacket, wouldn't you? I'd be saying, how many lifeboats are on this thing? I mean, is it the Titanic? I mean, did y'all put enough on this thing? Uh, I'd be worried. I'd be scared. I'd be having all my family huddled around me and everything. Uh, I would be looking for a way to get around. I'd be saying, turn this ship around. Get out of here. Uh, we don't want to go towards the storm. How many of you like to ride into storms? Hey, no, not many of us. I'm not a big storm fan. Uh, I know you are, Corey, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, but I, I'm not a tornado chaser, okay? Uh, maybe that's you. Uh, but I, I just, they're not something that I just want to get involved with. But Paul, in the midst of the storm, the Bible says that he had, he had this peace about him. You could just tell. And I believe it was because he, trust, he had a, a, a firm belief of Isaiah 26.3 which says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah, for in the Lord is everlasting strength. That was where Paul's trust was at. Paul is therefore an example to all of us on how to face any of life's storms. Storm in our life is simply a trial, something that happens to us, it comes upon us. In the Bible, uh, trials are compared to many different things. In Isaiah chapter number 54, verse number 6, it's compared to like the birth pains of a woman having a child. A trial is compared to, in Isaiah 49, 14, it's compared to being feelings of, having feelings of forgottenness and loneliness. Whenever you're in a trial, Isaiah describes it as being in a drunken stupor in Isaiah 51. In Isaiah 51, 23, he says that it feels like people are walking all over you, is what a trial can feel like. In modern times, we may say it like this, in this trial, I feel like gravel, and the trial is a semi-truck, crushing me. In Isaiah 52, trials are compared to being a slave and being owned and being mastered. 
And in Isaiah 60, in verse number 15, he compares trials to being feelings of hated and despised. Whatever you're feeling like in a storm, there's only one other place that the Bible uses the word tempest. And it's found in Isaiah 54 in verse number 11 and also here in Acts 27. It says, O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires. In verse number 18, we find it interesting, the only place in the Bible it's found mentioned is verse number 18 in our text. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. We all face storms in life, and there's three basic storms. I know this list is not comprehensive or anything like that, but there are basically three types of storms in our lives. Look at verse number 10 and 11. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which are spoken by Paul. There are many storms in life, but there are three typical storms. One of those storms are storms that are not of your consequence. All right? You did not plan the storm. Okay? Nobody planned COVID-19. Well... Let's just, we won't so stop with the conspiracy theories there. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, um, we didn't plan it. I didn't plan it. It wasn't something that we did. We did, we did plan. But you don't plan to lose your job. I remember my mom lost her job at working for a company that she worked for for over 30 plus years. And she thought that she would uh, retire there when she was 62. And at the age, I think it was a 53 or 54, I believe it was, uh, that uh, she uh, lost her job. They found her to no longer be a viable source there uh, at that company. And, uh, and, and of course, then she was now too old to get a job for anybody else. Nobody would hire her uh, because uh, she was over. Over the age of 50 years old and never could find a job afterwards. Look, applied for thousands, or not thousands, but I mean she applied for lots and lots of jobs and just nobody would hire her. Finally, she took a couple of little jobs here and there. But some of the storms we face in life are storms that are not of your consequence, not of things that you could have helped. Another storm in life is one that somebody else gets you involved. Let's say a car wreck or something like that. You're driving down the road. It's not of your consequence, but somebody rams into the back of you. It wasn't your fault, but now you're in a storm. Now you're in a trial because of somebody else's uh, bad decision. And then there's that wonderful storm, that storm where it's your fault. (laughs) it's your fault you're in the storm, okay? It's your fault that you're in the position that you are in. It's like the person that comes to their pastor and says, Pastor, I pray for me. Please pray for my car's having trouble. I say, when's the last time you changed your oil? Well, I don't know. I haven't changed my oil ever. You know what? That's your own fault. You need to change the oil in your car. You need to take care of your stuff. You need to make sure that you're taking care of your body and taking care of your life. And uh, people come to come to preachers all the time. They say, "Oh, preacher, my, my marriage is it's on the rocks." And it's and, well, how long have you been having this problem? All oh, about 15, 20 years. You know, well, why didn't you come a little earlier? You know, why didn't you ask for help a little earlier? Why didn't you ask for some help about something a little bit earlier? You see, sometimes in life, storms are our own consequences. This storm, in Paul's life, mixture of all three. What do you do in a storm? Well, you can choose to do two things. You can choose to wait, or you can choose to wonder. 
You can choose to wait or wonder. Psalm, or look here at verse number 12. It says, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in. That means basically this, is that the place they were staying at, the quarters were not, well, luxurious enough for the captain. All right? I mean, it just wasn't a five-star hotel. I mean, come on. I know we just got to hop over to the next island. We'll get there. We'll winter there. Who Nobody wants to stay at this ragtag shack, this roach motel. I mean, come on. It's not commodious. It's not nice. Nobody wants to be here. The food stinks. I mean, let's just go right across the way. We'll make it. We'll be okay. And, the, of course, the, uh, the captain of, the, uh, of, of the, all the guards says, you know what? I'm tired of sleeping on a hard cot, too. Let's skip over there. We'll be okay. Paul says, now nah, you better wait. You better wait. It's not, come up. It's, not, it's not a good time. I'm telling you. And many times we get in our storms in our life when we choose not to wait. When we get ahead of God. We need to learn to wait. To wait. I entered my senior year of college. And I found myself without a girlfriend without a fiance and no marriage date in mind and I thought my life was over <laughs> I really did I thought this is terrible I came to college I thought I was going to get married and just uh, I mean I thought life was just completely over because I didn't have a fiance you know oh, you know all my friends are getting married and everybody's uh, you know got a girlfriend and I didn't have anybody and all oh, I felt sorry for myself and everything and then this pretty redhead walked into the history of the English Bible, and she was wearing a brown skirt and a brown shirt and everything, and she sat in right behind me, and praise God, he answered my prayers. He didn't have to keep me waiting for long, you know? But you know what? Some people think, they think, man, if I don't have a girlfriend, if I don't have a boyfriend, if I don't have a wife, if I don't have kids, if I don't have this, if I don't have that, then oh, I've got to get it. I, and they'll do anything to get what they want. And if you'll sin to get it, then you know what you're doing? That's an idol. It's an idol. We've got to be careful. Wait on God. And then there's the wondering. Look at verse number 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing, there it is. You know what the brother of worry is? Assumption. Supposing. The brother of worry is assumption. They, just, they were so worried they thought, we're just not going to make it. We better get on. We better get moving. We better do this. We better get, get it going. If we don't, then we'll never make it to our destination. They assumed just because the wind blew in the right direction. And may I tell you this, my friend, don't ever determine the will of God by licking your finger and sticking it up in the air and determining which way the wind's blowing, you know? Because I'm going to tell you right now is that today it might be blowing from this way, but the, tomorrow it might be blowing from this way. There's only one place where you can find the will of God for 100% for sure and accurate, and it is right here in the Word of God. This is not a wind. This is a rock, is what this is. This is a rock, a stable rock, and you find your answers here. You don't make suppositions. You don't make half-hearted guesses in life. What you do is you go to God's holy word, and you find out his will there. So how are you going to handle these storms? Well, you need to learn to wait, and you need to learn not to wonder. What you're going to do is this. You're going to find yourself here in verse number 15. 
The Bible says that in verse number 14, but not long after it was, there was a tempestuous wind called Euryclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. All right? Here's the first thing. Wrestle. How are you going to face a storm in life? Wrestle. Most time people want to wrestle the storm. But I tell you this, you need to let it drive. Sometimes a trial in life is that it's not time for us to wrestle it. It's not time for us to fight it, but it's rather allowed the storm to run its course. We need to let the storm run its course. There's some things in life. Job could not bring back his seven children. He could not bring back his camels. He could not bring back his cattle. He could not bring back his health. He could not bring those things back. And so he just had to let the storm take its course. And that's very difficult for us sometimes, is to not wrestle the storm. And I might say it like this, or to not wrestle God. But we need to learn to let things go sometimes. We need to learn to let, and I know this is a cliche statement, and I don't really like it in some ways, but in some ways we just need to let go and let God. We need to let God handle it. It's in out of our control Paul realized he couldn't control the wind, and so he was going to let it drive, just like they said they were going to do here. We need to work, though. You see, the Bible is always like this. The Bible is always telling you to not do one thing, and then it's saying, but do one thing. It's saying, don't wrestle the storm, don't fight the storm, but it's also saying, work through the storm. That's the balance of the Scriptures. False teaching always is imbalanced. False teaching always will tell you one way or the other way. But the scriptures are always telling you, no, don't fight the storm, but work through the storm. Do what you can do now. It says that in verse number 16 and 17. And running under a certain, a certain island called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into quicksands, strike sail, and so were driven. I wish I could take the time to go through all of what is happening there and, uh, and, and the naval process. And I'm sure Brother Gear could probably help you out with that a little bit better than I could. Uh, but the point being is this, is that they did what they could do during the storm are you facing a trial right now don't give up don't don't give in no do what you can do at this moment and at this hour there are things that you can do through a storm remember let's go back to our friend Job. i like how james says that he says remember our friend remember him remember him he's a friend because he's the he's the he's the he's the captain of trials Remember him. What did he have to do? Well, what could he do? He had to pray for his friends. That's what he had to do. He had to pray for folks. I think of David whenever he was kidnapped, whenever all, his, all the women and children, his wife and his children were kidnapped there in Ziklag and they burnt the town and they were weeping and crying. And they were upset. They were wanting to kill David. What did David do? David encouraged himself in the Lord. He gathered the band together and they went after them and found them and attacked the Amalekites and killed them and got back the women and children. Not one was lost. Work through the storm. Wait. Look here at verse number 20, Look at verse number 18. How are you going to handle storm? Don't wrestle it. Work through it. 
and then throw off the unnecessary weights. And being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out our own hands the tackling of the ship. Get rid of any unnecessary weights. You all are familiar with Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every, what? Weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In a storm sometimes, God is trying to get your attention and trying to tap you on the shoulder and saying, hey, you've got some unnecessary weight that you need to get rid of. You've got some, you've got some things in your life that need to be taken off and that need to be put, put to the side that need to be gotten rid of. You don't need those in your life anymore. And sometimes God has to actually, in a trial, take those things from us. Now, that's not as fun. Amen. Well, I guess some of y'all it is. I mean, but it's not as fun when God has to. But sometimes that's what God has to do. Wisdom. Look at verse number 21. Look at verse number 21. He says here, he says, But after, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, I told you so. No, he didn't say that. That's basically what he said. He said, Sirs. You should, have not, you should have hearkened unto me and not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Don't you like it when somebody says, I told you so? You know? <laughs> now, sometimes we don't like it, but Paul was right. Paul said, don't go from there. Paul said, y'all need to wait here. Paul said, y'all need to stop assuming everything. Paul said, y'all need to, they he said, this is not going to be good for us. And they didn't listen to him. How many of you has it turned out to be a positive thing when you didn't listen to God? Never. When God has tapped you on the shoulder about something, you did not listen to God. It never turned out positive. It doesn't turn out good. We need to have wisdom. Don't be afraid of the advice of others. Where there is no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. If somebody comes to you and is trying to direct you in the will of God through the word of God, then have a listening ear. Have a good heart. If somebody is even reproving you, the Bible tells us that, that the wise, they will accept reproof. But a fool just keeps and passes on. Doesn't listen to anything what anybody else has to say. A fool just says, I'll do it my own way. I'll do whatever I want to do. No, 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 no. Have wisdom. And then in a storm, look at verse number 20 and 22. And when there was neither sun nor moon nor stars, and many days appear, and no small tempest lay on us, and hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Verse 22. And he said, Paul says, I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life, but of the ship. I mean, they were in a bad situation. I mean, there was, can you imagine not seeing the sun, moon, or stars for two weeks? Seriously, not seeing the sun, the moon, or the stars for two weeks. And all you see is rain. Luke has a friend of his that was uh, from Vietnam. And they escaped over to Thailand on a boat. And he tells the story of how when they were in the middle of the sea there, and when it rained, you couldn't tell if you were in the water or out of the water. Because the rain would splash on the water up and down, up and down, up and down. Imagine that for two weeks. Not knowing whether you were in water or out of water. Not knowing whether you were drowning or if you were alive. 
not knowing whether it was sun, or if it was if it was day or if it was night. You had no idea. You were just you were. It was it was pure confusion for two weeks. I mean, that would drive just about any of us insane. That would drive us absolutely bonkers. There was probably, I mean, it seems like it was by the grace of God that some of the guys didn't just throw themselves overboard and kill themselves. But God had sometimes maintained their mental stability in all of it because here is Paul saying, don't lose hope. You might be in the thickest part of your trial. You might be in the worst part of the situation or scenario that you could possibly be in at this point in time in your life. Don't lose hope. That's the thing you can't do. You don't know when the sun is going to break through. You don't know when God is going to break through. And the day you quit could be the very day that God was going to break through in your life and put a, give you a major victory in the Christian life that God wants you to live in your life. Don't give up. Don't give up. Say it with me. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Stay hopeful. That's what Christians do. They have a thing in their life called H-O-P-E, hope. And they believe that God can see them through whatever it might be in their heart and their life. Wiped out. Wiped out. Look at verse number 22. He says, For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Alright? I'm trying to give you some hope. But can I also tell you this? Sometimes in a storm... It gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I mean, this is, I'm just trying to give you balanced preaching here, all right? I mean, you can't just preach all hope, all right? You've got to also say, hey, listen, you've got to have hope, but understand, it's, it might get worse before it gets better. And I think that's the way this world is. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Who? Look here at verse number 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. When you're in the midst of a storm, how do you handle a storm? When you're in the midst of a storm, remember whose you are. If anything will give us great comfort in a storm, it is this. Knowing that we are God's. And that God is ours. We are his. And he is ours. We are his children. And he is our father. And we can rest. And whatever decisions God makes will be perfect, right, just, and good. Look at verse 24. Worry. Saying, fear not, Paul Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Don't worry during a storm. Stay focused to the end. Rely on God's promises. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Wait. Look at verse number 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told howbeit we must be cast upon some certain island so he says wait you need to wait you need to continue to minister during the storm don't stop trying to help during the storm there's too many times that people get in a storm christians that is they get in a storm a bad place in life and 
they think to themselves, that's the place to stop serving. But friend, do you realize that when you are weak, he is strong? You will potentially be used at your greatest whenever you are in a storm. When you are in a storm is when you will potentially be used at your greatest. It's because then, guess what? It's not you that's in it, but rather it's God working through you. Because in all reality, because of the storm that you're facing, you should be the one that's being ministered unto. You should be the one that is needing the help. And you might need some help, and I'm not saying that. But the point being is this, is that during those times and trials in our life, let us be also ministering and helping in the ways that we can. And then verse number 31, witness. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Hey, continue to express your faith. They might get difficult. He says it's been two weeks, 14th night in verse number 27. It's been a long time. He says, keep witnessing, keep talking, keep telling folks. Continue to express your faith during the storm. And then here's a good practical point. Look here at verse 33. And while they were coming, while the day was coming, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this, is the, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. Make sure you got some wheat. Keep some normality in the storm. I know that we can be very distraught during a trial, but try to keep some normality. Try to, he says, hey guys, let's have a meal. It's been two weeks, y'all haven't eaten anything. Y'all need to eat something. Y'all need to, y'all need to, Get strengthened up. We're fixing, to, we're fixing to get on land. We're fixing to have to have a big swim here. <laughs> we're getting ready to get in a drink. Now y'all need to eat up. Keep some normality. And then worship. Look here at verse number 35. And when they had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. I tell you, if there is not a better verse in the Bible, why you should pray before you eat, I think verse number 35 of Acts 27 is. <laughs> I mean, if you're, in the, if you're in the middle of the ocean with a storm brewing all around you, all right, and you still got time to thank God for the, you know, for the food, I, might, I was thinking about saying the vittles, I mean, just, I mean, the, the, this, the, the, the littlest uh, scraps right there. If you got time to thank God for that. You imagine Paul, I mean, hey, hand out all the wheat. And I can just see him now, just like any old good preacher. Wait a second, boys. Don't put that in your mouth. Wait a minute, you know. We're going to pray and thank God for this here. I mean, he's on a boat with a bunch of prisoners, okay? Come on now. Get, help me out here, all right? A bunch of convicts. You know, you know, some of them already had the food in their mouth. You know, they're looking, <laughs> trying to, you know, you know, he said, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. You ought to always be worshiping God. 
You ought to pray before you eat. You ought to ask God. You ought to pray with your family. Pray at, pray at the restaurant. May we never be ashamed to pray at a restaurant. Amen? Pray anywhere. But let us all have a good testimony that we pray over our food and we thank God for it. If a man can thank God for food in the midst of a storm and with a bunch of convicts around him and an unsaved, unsaved Roman centurion, I guarantee that the only person that was saved on that boat was Paul out of 275 people. There was nobody else that was a Christian on that boat. Not to my recollection, not to what it's saying here, unless he won a couple of people on the, road, on, on the way there. And then wave. Thanksgiving in difficult times is like a tidal wave to everyone around you. It affects them. It helps them. For it says, then they were all of good cheer and they also took some meat. Isn't that amazing? A complainer in a storm is like a cancer. Aren't they? I mean, this is, is complain, complain. But I'll tell you what, you get somebody that is thankful during a storm and it's like a tidal wave it's like a tidal wave I read an article the other day I don't know how I was reading an article on cancer but I was reading an article medical article on cancer I don't know and uh, this this girl uh, she was a cancer survivor and uh, but she also professed that she didn't believe in God and she made a snide comment and said, I don't see how anybody could be ever be thankful for their cancer. She said, I was never thankful for my cancer. Well, I bet you're a cancer to be around too. You know? Isn't it amazing when somebody loves God and Jesus Christ that they can even be thankful for their cancer? Be thankful for it? And have a good testimony? And brighten somebody's life? I tell you, when I meet somebody that's going through a tough time, and they're still thankful and praising God through it all, I tell you, it encourages me. And really makes me realize, I ain't got nothing to complain about. I've got a lot to be thankful for. If they can be thankful in what they're going through, I can be thankful in what I'm going through. Worse. Again, I say it again, don't despair if it gets worse in the trial. A trial oftentimes is like that, isn't it? And we're almost done here. A trial is like that. I mean, it can come at you so hard, and it, you think it's over with, and then it gets worse before it gets better, and then it gets a little bit better, and you think I'm almost out of it, then all of a sudden here it comes back at you again. I mean, that's what was happening here. I mean, it got worse, it got bad, and then uh, things kind of settled down. The, the ship's kind of stable uh, right here in this particular area right here. They have a, enough uh, common sense about themselves and an ability to eat some food and have a meal. Everything's all right. And then they're going to have to, then the, sh the storm gets worse. And they're going to have to land the, land the ship. And uh, they land the ship and the ship gets uh, just tore to pieces. And the, 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 the centurion says, uh, one of the guys says, hey, kill all the prisoners. I mean, it's getting bad right here. And he says, no, 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 we're not going to kill the prisoners. Uh, it can get worse before it gets better. It can, a storm can just be just like a storm. Up, down, up, down. 
and they be willing. Understand that God is not through with you. I love this. And the soldiers in verse 42 uh, counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion willing to save Paul, I wonder who put that in his heart kept them from their purpose and commanded that they should swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land, and the rest some on boards and some on the broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. God is not done with you. This centurion is a wonderful picture of the Lord. That God may have you in a storm right now, And God is trying to work in your heart and your life. And he's saying, don't quit. Don't give up. Have hope. I know it's not easy. I know it's not, I know it's not the, I know it's not simple. I know it's going to get worse before it gets better. But understand this, that God is not through with you. He is not done with you. And so the lesson for us today is very simple for us all to understand That when God puts us through a storm, God is trying to teach us a lesson. He's trying to teach us. And we need to learn that lesson whenever we're in the storm. We don't need to be bitter and upset and mad or angry or hateful or irritated and lose all our Christian influence. But rather, we need to learn the lessons that God is trying to teach in the storm. The answers may not come. Understand, the answers to why the storm came into your life might not come. But what you can learn is the lesson from the storm. Job's lesson, don't be prideful. What if God had to take you through a storm just to knock about 10 or 15, 20 pounds of pride out of you? Do you think that would be worth it? I don't think that'd be worth it. So you don't think it'd be worth getting closer to the Lord, being more like Him. You see, if God is working in us during a storm, He's trying to work. He's not trying to just work through us. He's trying to work on us. He's trying to help us to see that we need to be more like Him, and we can be more like Him. The answers might not always come. But what we can do during the storm, let us do. It might get worse before it gets better. But may may we all, may we all learn the lessons of a storm. How to handle a storm. Wait on God. Don't assume. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Storms are coming. They might not be of your consequence. They might not be your fault. Some of them might be. But whatever the case may be, when we're in the storm, may we deal with the storm as Paul did here in Acts 27. And may God help us. Father,